This Off the Hazel podcast is now driven by Delari Nissan Regina. Nissan. And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kocher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hosel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Off the Hosel. My name is Drew Koser and I'm your host. And yes, back in studio, back in the pit, joining us today, I'm joined by my co-host in Troy Koser. Hey-o! No Danny H today. He is away, Troy. Oh man, oh man, oh man, I'm pumped to see you. Uh, before we get going here, as I always like to mention, and this is a Nissan-driven podcast. They are the presenting sponsor. They have so much to offer, good vehicles, good prices, and great service. They're located at 1111 Broad Street in Regina. Drive Nissan. Wow. And for all our listeners, you haven't heard my voice for a while, but as always, we're back at Divots Indoor Golf at 6823 Rochdale Boulevard here in Regina, Sask. Contact them, 306-206-1270, or visit them at www.divotsgolf.com. Come check out one of these beautiful simulators. Come have, a, come have a beverage, a bite to eat. The pizza's fantastic, by the way. Unreal. Thanks, Noah. Thanks, Reno. Deadly. And, uh, yeah, the old saying is, play divots. Don't make them. Don't make them. So, again, yeah, divots indoor golf. Deadly. Okay, Trey, well, let's get right into it. I'm happy to have you back. Uh, you know, Dan's not here today. He's working away. Christian was here earlier doing some video content for us. So uh, just you and I in here. There's some golfers playing away here. And as always, great staff here. So let's get right into it. How are things? What's new with you? What is going on in your life? Well, I've been working lots. That's why I haven't been on the show. Um, trying to put in a little extra Christmas scratch, you know. Can't wait. Uh, work is work. So that comes priority until... Some big corporation decides to pay us a shitload of money for doing this full-time. You got that 100% correctly. Just waiting for a huge sponsor to come on board and take care of our wages. Yeah, they could contact us anytime they want. You, what have you been up to? I know uh, COVID regulations have really been hankering down on everybody again. I think you're done with the hockey again. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we haven't had any hockey. I've been doing a ton of, you know, a lot of work in the podcast here, trying to grow that for us. Um Working on my golf game, which is nice, and yeah, you know what? With the whole <laughs> the whole COVID um, situation, I guess we kind of find out on the 18th what happens, what the government says, what we're gonna do, and 17th. Well, 17th, yes, but then the 18th are league meetings, so whatever they say, kind of. Because the Western Hockey League just announced that they are going to play whatever, whenever on January 16th, I believe it is, 13th. Oh, I didn't hear that. I thought that was gonna be delayed again. No, I heard they're they're going. And the NHL, obviously, they announced today, January 13th, I think, 52-game schedule. Um, Is that bubble or no bubble? No bubble, but it's going to be, I think, different conferences. So, like, the Canadian teams are in the Canadian division. The Who wins the Canadian conference? I know we're golf, but we're having sports. I like chat. the Flames. 
Oilers? Who's the best team? Honestly, the Canadian division. I Canucks, maybe? They're getting close. I, I'm i taking Oilers. Not because I'm a fan. They're solid. I'm not taking the Leafs, though. No. I listen to the NHL Network every morning for about an hour. And these guys are like, yeah, they're great players, but they can't finish in the playoffs. So you're a good reg season team? I know we did this on episode 20 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> about the Leafs and their problems, and it still hasn't been rectified, goaltending and defense. But anyways... That was just a off the puzzle question. I just kind of got off. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I totally agree. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's very you know, Trudeau announced that there's a a vaccine or whatever coming out this month. So does that change the way the government works in you know Saskatchewan and Alberta and blah blah moving forward? I hope so for us that it's back to some sports and some real life and some back to whatever normal life is. Yeah, normalcy. It's coming. Um, okay, so I do want to talk about what we've got going on here at the podcast, the top 25 power rankings, uh, Golf Saskatchewan uh, players, again, not affiliated with them, but it's going to be the top 25 Saskatchewan amateurs that are the hottest players going into 2021. Right. So if anyone that's online going, it should be this guy, this guy, this guy, make sure you understand it's the hottest players going into the season. We are working on an all-time list. Guys that have been removed from the game, guys that have done their their time, and they've, they're great accolades. Go on. Well, I was just going to let our listeners know, I did not make the top 25. <laughs> and the list hasn't even been done yet, but I did not make the top 25. So if you think it might be rigged, you won't see Troy Kosher's <laughs> name on there. Well, in saying that, I do want to mention, because some of my uh, anonymous committee... We're, we're actually laughing. They, they called me, and they're like, you're, dude, you're getting railed. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you're a plus 1.9 handicap, and you've been on, what, four lists? I've seen it on two. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like uh, baseball Hall of Fame voting that's coming up here, right, <laughs> where only uh, X amount of votes are allowed. You're allowed as many as you want. And, yeah, I've seen your name on there twice. If I had my vote, I guess, can I put a list in? Probably not. Why couldn't you? Well, if yeah, you did your homework, I guess I could. I guess I could do it. But I'm just I'm putting you in my top twenty-five. I mean, I've golfed with you. Yeah, and I, I'm just saying, I'm not going out here on this pod right now to vouch for myself. Another name, and I'm sorry, we're gonna just chat about this for a little bit. I know you wanted to. Yep. <laughs> nice swing, pal. Nice swing. <laughs> uh, another uh, another name I haven't <laughs> seen on the list as much as I thought I would would be Sean McDonald, friend of the show. Friend of the Congratulations, show. Congratulations, Sean. By the way, on your engagement. <laughs> I texted him right after Mike. So long, golf. <laughs> and then, I don't know, someone else is like, yep, here comes 6.9 handicap. And the next day goes, hey, man, don't knock a 6.9 handicap. No, 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 just just kidding. But, yeah, congrats to Sean McNall. But yeah, he's another name i never seen on that list uh, that we've got so far. So, uh, what is it? It's Tuesday as we record. Wednesday this will be released. You guys got a couple more days. Get these lists in because this, I think, is going to create a lot of... Um, Good and bad energy. <laughs> Really? Yes. So it's going to, gonna, there's going to be some banter, friendly banter, maybe some banter where it's like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah. You know? So get these lists in. Friday, I think, Drew, you said the Friday bottom, we're, yeah, the on. last 10. So we're doing yeah. top 25. So we'll do 25 16, to 16. 16 through 20. Yeah, 25. Five. Jesus, yeah. my math's good. 16 okay. through 25. And uh, I think we'll let it sit for a week. Right. So every Friday, 
until January 1st. So the first Friday we'll do 10, 25 to 16. Yeah. The next Friday will be 15 to 10. 10 next to Friday, five. 10 to 5. And then 5 to 1, baby. But you know what we should do? 5 to 1? One? 1 a day. Yeah, we could maybe do that, yeah. Well, and everyone should stay tuned, too, because it's going to be a video, and it's going to be my big, ugly mug looking sweet and a draft, like an NHL or a golf draft rank board, and 25, 24. So it's going to be kind of cool. I'm very excited People for it. People can't see you, what you're just doing there, so I'll explain <laughs> to them. The name will be on a piece of cardboard construction paper. No, it's a video. <laughs> it's a video. But it's going to have a slot that <laughs> slides and reveal the name. Not... <laughs> so I love it. Hey, it's good to see Good to have you back. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Um, but yeah, so then the reason why I'm saying this, my outside committee member forced me today. He laughed at me and he said, no, nah, I didn't laugh, but he said, hey, push this thing. We need more lists because... There's going to be people that are going to get upset about it, and it's going to be only your own fault for not putting a list in. I put a list in today. I was shocked. There are so many good players that we tweeted it last week. They're unbelievable amount of players in this province. I'm like, holy shit. I wish I'd have played golf with that guy. See, and I think this is something that could actually <clears throat> lead to us doing more and more different types of uh, lists and whatnot. And one that I would be excited to see is the top 25 golfers in Saskatchewan all time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think even that we talked about it too in our committee was like a top 25 morale list. Like one of the guys said that and I was laughing my ass off because he's like, explain. Well, who are the guys you finish around and you want to sit at their table upstairs? You want to hear the stories from when they were at the, the Canadian men's, the Canadian mids. Who is the guys making guys happy on the, on the course? You know, Hey, it's okay, buddy. You're a young kid. Just get over it. You know? Dollar bills and Cadillacs. <laughs> Study nap, snapper. What an episode that was. But yeah, so this is creating a lot of fun. I can't wait because our committee is like, wow, this and that. I'm like, dude, we're taking the heat for it. <laughs> but if I put it out there, what did someone to shooter? That shooter's jacket. <laughs> you brought your nine iron. I can't wait if someone is mad. Put a list in then. So send your list in. Send it to our DMs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Text me it. Email me it. Whatever you got. Troy's gonna rip off the handles and then followed by another nice mustache ad. Well, everybody knows the handles by now. Facebook is uh, off the hosel. Instagram, Twitter, at underscore off the hosel. You got at Coaster Troy, at Coaster Drew, at, what is it, D-Hags 22? D-Hags ZZ, two Zs. I was close, I was close. Thanks, Noah. Um, Beers. Yeah, as far as the uh, ad of the week, goes to our friends at Manscaped. Autumn is in the air. I guess it should say winter is in the air. And cool. Manscaped is here to ensure you don't carve your pumpkins where you're grooming. Your balls. By pumpkins, we actually mean your boys downstairs. You're nuts. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your balls. Nuts. Great news. They just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. How are you? Down under, mate. <laughs> Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code HOSL20. Yep. And don't forget their brand new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Uses the same skin safe, skin safe, skin safe, third time's a charm, technology. <laughs> Just fumble fuck your when, words. When you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. Manscaped.com. Boom. Hazel 20 and free shipping. Please be aware of this. Man, have you tried the, the weed whacker yet? I have. So Unreal. I, I did my ears because 
I don't know if a lot of our listeners know, but I will be turning the big 4-0 next week. Yes, you will be. And uh, It's a milestone. You know, I, I'm going to throw a free plug out there to Grandpa Mitch, because I don't know how many podcasts you listen to, but he's 90. He's going to be 91 in February, and I'm starting to catch up in your hair. <laughs> so thank God Manscaped gave us one of these, and I've used it, and it is a godsend. And my nostrils? Never been cleaner. So when I'm out at Evraz working and I got rail dust flying around the yard, they don't cling. Hey, it's just a clean, a clean slate. Dude, so, I'm shocked that that I try this thing. I was a little scared at first. I didn't know where to start it with. So I put up my nose and then it was like, my eyes started watering and then my ears don't have ears or hair in there yet. So I'm all right. You'll get there. So I'm working on my nose and now it's the cleanest thing ever. Yeah, it's a beautiful product, actually. So, I mean, if that's not a free plug, I don't know what is. We went, we went way over the uh, ad read on that well, one. Well, I just wanted to ask you, because we gave you, I gave you one you know, a couple weeks ago. I want to see if you use it or not. Yeah, I so, did, actually. Deadly. I've been using mine, and I have eight of them, so I thought I'd try it out. Yeah. And, um, Speaking of the Weed Whacker, geez, we're just on a roll here. I tell you, unscripted. Weed Whacker is going to be a part of our big giveaway here on Friday. Oh, yeah. We haven't even talked about that yet. So everyone knows we like to give stuff away. We have a really big gift package here right before Christmas. Um, you know the rules. Go to Facebook, go to Twitter, go to Instagram. Share, tag, follow, like. Get in on this one. Uh, we're going to make the draw Friday. The 11th, yeah. Same day as the, the, the bottom 10 go out in the rankings. Yeah, actually, and I think what we'll do is we'll make people have to watch the rankings first, then find out who wins. I like it. So, uh, yeah, lots of... Do lots you of know what's going on in the package since you've been away for so long? I do. There is a... The Weed Whacker nose and ear... Trimmer. Skin safe technology that I just buggered up again. But anyways, that's part of it. There's two off-the-hosel sweaters. I believe there's $50 in... $100 in... Give $25 in... <laughs> there's one off-the-hosel sweater. Two divots indoor golf sweater. Oh, How that's what it you? was. At Two twenty-five dollar. That's twenty. That's fifty bucks. Yeah, and campfire and grill. By the way, we got to say our sponsor. Oh, and the easy one, Last Mountain Distillery. Davis, a generous, generous gift card of fifty dollars to Last Mountain Distillery, as they can't give away a bottle of booze because that's against SLGA. W eternal. So, anyways, great prize package right before Christmas. Get in on it. Don't miss out. What else, Drew? What else you got? You want to talk some PGA talk? Let's talk some PGA chatter. So last week, the young, the young Troy just had a glass for a bottle of beer. How are you? Victor Hovland, the Norwegian, wins this past weekend, captures his second PGA Tour win. You know, I watched a little bit, not a lot. I've been, I've been watching a lot of Amazon Prime lately, and I've watched the 2018, the 2019, the 2017 uh, Stanley Cup champions documentaries kind of cool hockey nerd and it was cool to know <laughs> that Victor Hovland this guy I've been following for a long time great player gets a second win on tour he stiffs a shot on 18 he's tied going 18 stiffs one in and he has this weird little smirk on his face I wanted to punch him in the head I'm like he's just like smiling oh yeah baby let's go and then drops a bomb for birdie to win the tournament he's like Peace. I'm out of here. See ya. So two questions. One, he was turned professional last year after the Masters. Excuse me. Two years ago, I believe. Two. I could be wrong. Do you think he uses Manscaped's new weed whacker for the ear, nose, and... He, does he have a hair in his body? 
Oh, to the schnoz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I see what you're saying, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, no, <laughs> I wanted to ask if you had any time to watch any of... Uh, I caught. Oh. I, did you catch that there? That, okay. was, that was an airplane going over your head, but the people can't see it. Oh, those. Anyways, okay. <laughs> did I get to watch any of the Mia Coba Classic? Yes, I did. Um, do you realize that's one part of Mexico I've never been to? That's cut right out of the jungle, right out of the jungle. And if you, I, if you, <laughs> if you watched it and you saw the overhead shots, it's cut right out of the jungle. Really? And, and Jumanji. Something I, I still can't understand, and if I ever make that kind of money that I can spend 350 American for a round of golf down there. How are you? What's with their greens? They look gross, right? They look terrible. They look like... <laughs> but they don't... But they they look terrible, but they... I almost tripped a club in town here, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I know which club you're saying, too, and it's not in Regina. Yeah, it's outside. It's outside. <laughs> okay, come on. Sorry. <laughs> Go on, go on. Dad. I don't go know, on. The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, anyways. The greens look terrible, but they play like the Masters greens. Well, no, nothing plays like the Masters greens. But they play like a nice, cut, well-manicured green. But they just look terrible on TV. Yeah. So I don't know. You got any insight? I know you've never been to Mexico or played there, but maybe being the golf freak that you are you know if it's a different cut of grass like i know that their their fairways and stuff and their rough is a way different grass than what we play with and i don't know if i'm correct i think it's <laughs> this is not weird puana or uh pir- 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 uh f- pyrenees uh, that's a dog <laughs> hey it was a bullshit we call it bullshit it's bullshit <laughs> <Shih Tzu>. <laughs> anyways uh, things are getting out of control here no no we're good um but i no so i don't know the grass but i did know that these guys last week played really well, and Cousin Dale wasn't on the bag last week. Nope. nope. Abe Answer finishes T11, I Dan, believe. And almost didn't, uh, T11, yeah, but almost didn't make the cut. He shot. And then he ripped it up in the weekend. Yeah, Had a hell of a good round three. Um, so good job to Abe, as always. We like to show a little love to the, you know, Abe and the Mexican and uh, Dale Valelli. So it was good. And hopefully he's back in the bag next week. I, I want you to keep talking for a second. Because that, well, while you're doing it on your phone and our researching, I want you to tell me where we are playing this week because... You need to hold off. I'm looking up the Mexican grass. Okay, Mexican grass. Okay, well, while you're doing that, I'm going to tell you a story. So this past weekend, we were... Um, I don't know. Saturday night, I was on a Zoom call with a friend of the show, Craig Button. The whole Team Canada World Junior coaching staff, head coach, assistant coach, uh, Mitch Love. Quarantine. Yeah, no, no, they're all they're all down at Edmonton right now. But we're on a Zoom call. I took four pages of notes. It's actually right in that book right there. I learned so much from these guys. It was unbelievable. It was the best thing ever. I know we're, we're a golf pod. We've had a lot of hot guys on. I'm just saying. While you're looking up the grass. I got it. I'm just waiting for you to shut up. All right, go ahead. Dick. It's called, for anybody that cares. Damn it. I lost it again. Where the hell did it go? It was Seedorf grass. Seedorf. S-E-A-D-W-A-R-F. Seedorf grass. That's the difference between, well, where we play and where they play. Is that it? That's it. That's all I got. Now, do I want to tell the listeners where we're playing this weekend? Go on. Please carry on. So this weekend is the QBE shootout, which is going to be played at the Tiburon Golf Course in Naples, (laughs) Florida. 
It's going to feature 12 two-man teams competing over three days with a different format each day. Friday's opening round will feature a scramble, followed by a modified alternate shot in the second round, and then a four ball in the third and final round. That's a cool golf tournament how it's set up. Uh, last year's champions were Rory Sabatini and Kevin Tway. Uh, previous winners were Louis Oosthuizen, Oosthuizen, Bubba, Sick. Bubba, <laughs> Bubba Watson, uh, Bubba, high cut. Uh, so some of the notables that are going to be playing again: Rory Sabatini, Kevin Tway, uh, Joaquin Neiman, who damn near won this past weekend at Manitoba. Joaquin, Joaquin Neiman, Canadian boy Mackenzie Hughes, Kevin Hughes. Nah, Nah, Harold Varner the third, Brendan Todd, Billy Horschel, Harris English, Matt Kuchar. Mark Leachman, Cameron Smith, Daniel Berger, Steve Stricker, Louis Oosthuizen, Oosthuizen, <laughs> Bubba Watson, Abraham Answer, Matthew Wolf, Cameron Champ, Tony Finau. If you really want to watch it, here you go. Friday, Saturday, Golf Channel, Sunday, NBC, the Peacock Channel. That's it. That's all. That was deadly. Okay, perfect. Now you know what's going on. We're up to date now. Quickly here, Troy, I want you to um, explain to everyone that we have about six or six to eight sweaters that may, I'm not saying this because I own one and we own the podcast, but these sweaters may be one of the most comfiest things I've worn. So I threw, I threw this gray one on the other day and I was like, oh my God, I slept in it for two days. I've washed it since, but I want you to tell everyone where, uh, what the cost is, where $5 goes to. Please rip it off now. $40 a sweater for the off-the-hosel sweaters. Andrew's right. They are, if I could define in one word, very, I guess this is two words, damn it, very cozy. Perfect time of year. Christmas is coming up. Get that off-the-hosel sweater. Like I said, they're 40 bucks. Five bucks from each sweater sold is going to the Cancer Foundation of Saskatchewan, who, by the way, Drew, Mark Rathwell, friend of the show, messaged me uh, for an address for a Christmas card. They'd like to send us one. Um, Deadly. I mentioned to him that we will be there in the very near future to present a check from uh, <laughs> Sweaters Sold proceeds. So if you guys want to get a sweater, uh, again, go see us on our social media channels. Direct messages, direct message us. We got them in black and gray. Uh, really nice, nice product. And uh, yeah, like I said, five bucks goes to a really good cause. Deadly. Okay, quickly now before we go into. We'll send you off. It's been a long intro today. It's a long podcast today. I know you have lots of time right now uh, with the holidays and work and COVID. So you're at home. Don't tell me you don't have time to listen to the podcast. This is a great podcast today. And our guest today is Mayday, 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 Brad May, the Buffalo Sabre. Oh, Anaheim Duck Stanley Cup champion, world junior gold medalist, rooming with Mike the Sillinger. Um, had a lot of fun. You missed this uh, one. You were unfortunate. Working late. Working. Go on. I was just going to say it sounds like I missed out on a really good one because I know from talking to you after you got off the phone with Brad that I missed a good one. You met Rick General on the Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. It's unbelievable. And Pat LaFontaine scores. Yeah, we talked about that. All right. It was un- unreal. Brad May, this guy, so humble. Down to earth guy. You know, he chirps Barnaby, and actually Barnaby gave me two notes to ask him, and they were about Barnaby. <laughs> I was like, hey, five guys walking into a bar in Chicago, what happens? And Mayday's like, starts laughing. He's like, well, we actually, we put laxative in uh, Barnaby's food. He shit his pants everywhere. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? Like, Barnaby gave me two good setups for himself, but it was uh, unreal. 
Uh, Brad May, great guy, humble, played with the late Dale Howard Chuck. And we were lucky enough, you know, you and I have both made good connection with Eric, the son of Dale. Uh, he got him on for us, and Brad had nothing but good things to say about him. And we did talk about Alex McGillney, and we talked about Coppingwood, that Brad May owns a golf course, lives on like the... Oh, God, he had less than the show. <laughs> it was like the 10th hole, I think. Super nice golf course and loves the game. Well, maybe Brad can get us down there for a round. Actually, he wants to come to Regina and play golf, so actually that might be your uh, your next investment. If you make more money or we did a serious XM deal on here, you become a Royal Regina member and you are bringing Brad Mayday. Mayday! Mayday! Rick Jenner coming down to the Royal Regina golf course to play the member guest. No, but uh, yes, a lot of fun with Brad May. Uh, a lot of hockey talk, a lot of golf talk, and a lot of business talk now, what he's going on too. So so on that note, I think uh, you should send it off to Brad May. Hope you guys enjoy it. Glass Mountain Distilleries, famous seasonal releases, cherry whiskey and hazelnut cream liqueur. Now available at retailers across the province and at the distillery. Get your Christmas shopping done before they're gone. Contactless pickup available at this distillery through our website at www.lastmountaindistillery.com. Alrighty, we were very happy to be joined by a guy that everyone seems to like. No-brainer. He played over 1,000 games in the NHL. Played in the World Juniors, gold medal. Won a Stanley Cup with the Ducks. And an absolute sticker on the course, I hear. So we are pleased to be joined by Brad May. Thanks for joining the podcast today. Hey, thanks, Drew. What's going on, man? I'm excited. Excited oh. about talking golf and hockey. And um, just, um, no, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm so sick and tired of this this coronavirus pandemic, man. It's, um, it's affecting all of us, and I just hope everybody out there is safe and sound. But um, it's brutal. Yeah, it's uh, it's got to the point now where you know, obviously, with sports, everything shut down. Obviously, from like you know the NHL down to minor hockey, and you know, I I coach junior, and it's like this is a lot of guys last year's in junior, and you know, it's frustrating. We built a good team, and we're really good, and then. Hey, we're just going to shut down the season because there's a pandemic. So, I mean, obviously, I get it. Um, yeah, it's very unfortunate, though, for everyone. Yeah, just, you know what, it's, um, it's, it's a crazy time in life, but we'll all remember. You know, they say, um, you know, hindsight's, tw- you know, 2020. It's, if you have 2020 vision, tell you what, 2020 sucks. That's all I know. But uh, we've yeah. got to get through it and um, get, get, a, get a little bit of normal back. Um, but if, if not, um, the one thing I can do right now is, is talk hockey and golf. And, um, there's no, no better place to social distance than on a golf course. I know up in Canada now it's winter, but, um, I'm not in Canada. I, I, I went down to the States and, uh, so I can be playing golf and, and hitting some shots that you guys can't hit, um, right now, but. I'm just trying to rub it in, by the way, Drew. <laughs> no, it's good. I appreciate it. I mean, we're all we're all golfing indoors here, and you know, it's only a six to ten foot walk to grab your ball off the screen. So, uh, it's a little different than being outside, I'd imagine. Yeah, no, it's I'm I'm down in Southern California, uh, pretty much same area where I lived when I played with the Anaheim Ducks, and 
I mean, the weather here is pretty pretty darn nice, but um, I'll be down here for part of the winter, and then I'll be back to Canada where we live and north of Toronto, and then, of course, get back to playing next summer. But um, it's just crazy right now just with, um, you know, we don't have any professional sports going on right now. I mean, outside of football, of course, but um, right now on, on weekends and days like today, you'd be watching, you know, getting geared up for some golf and yeah. geared up for – you know, some basketball games. If you're a fan of that or hockey, and I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of idle time, but um, just a strange, strange time. But I'll tell you what, I'm uh, I'm an eternal optimist, Drew. So uh, you know what, <laughs> try to make every day the best you can, and absolutely, you know what? Um, tomorrow do better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, even like I've you know, me being 25, I've watched so many games that I never got to see when I wasn't even born yet on uh, the NHL network here watching a ton of old games and you know learn I mean I mean obviously and we'll we'll get to this later but guys like you know you play with Alex Magalny and those guys it's just like oh my god I wish I was you know like that guy I mean y- you don't see a whole lot of those guys playing nowadays to be honest I don't think I mean maybe you could correct me on that one but yeah you know you know it's amazing um it's it's so hard to compare errors um Obviously, it's 2020, and every player in the NHL today, um, every player in the American Hockey League, um, you know, and I say every, they're all talented. They all can skate. They all can shoot. Yeah. You know, um, some some players are utility players and bring something different to the table. But I think there was a, there was more characters in the game, you know, 20, 30 years ago when I started. Um, you know, what what you had you had a real definition of what your first line was going to be and your power play specialist. But then, you know, you had a, a, a solid checking line, which these guys had to be able to fight as well. And then you had a fourth line of beat, beat balls. And, you know, the game was, was four or five, six players on every team that, you know, you were afraid to, to line up against if you weren't, yeah. if you weren't prepared and ready, you know, when I first started and, and uh, you know, the games evolved, the games, Hockey's better, 100%. Um, I don't know about the entertainment factor in some ways. Um, I think some some things are missing, but I don't want to be that dinosaur that doesn't evolve, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Obviously it's, I'm not a player today, so the, the players that run the game, they they have the ability and the strength to, you know, in their numbers, to decide on how the game should be played. But, um, you know, you, you spoke of Alexander McGillney. I mean, this guy, this guy could have played in any era at any time and yeah. he'd be dynamic and amazing. Um, there's a lot of players like that, and there's a lot of players when I started that probably couldn't even play today in today's NHL because it's so fast and the way the rules and the way they're officiated. Um, it, it's it's a much different game, and and I admire that, but I kind of like the, the the gritty side of it, and uh, where players can settle scores, you know, in the moment. Or yeah. you know whether was that night or the next time you know they faced faced off against the other team. But with that being said, um, you know the rules are the rules, and there's no question the players in every sport, golf included. I mean, it's amazing how good these these players are. Oh man, well it, it, it it's also kind of funny. I just mentioned too, like the character of the games change, right? I mean, like so our head coach of our junior team, like he played in the Western League and the tough era he, you know he fought guys at Fedoric and Frederick and some big dudes and, and you, you mentioned character like you just even going off the point like if I stick you in the face like we have to fight back then like there's no like <laughs> you know what I mean like, like there's no like hey whatever no like you're fighting 
You know what I mean? Like nowadays, there's there's no repercussion for some things. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's they don't. Yeah, there's so many reasons why, and I can I can get to it quickly. But um, way back in the day, you came into an environment where there were there were tough guys, and you had to fight for your your spot. They had to fight for their spot, and it was a culture that was there. Today, the players that are playing in the NHL grew up playing with a stop sign on their back. You know, yeah. uh, certainly in North America. Absolutely. Now, that's all for the right reasons, right? We, every, parents and, and, and hockey, they wanted to keep people safe and safer. Um, I'm not so sure it has, you know, all of um, the benefits, you know, by taking hitting away from young players and all that. Because I think, you know, when you get to the NHL, that level, you got to be got to be skilled. Hitting the skills as much as skating is, um, separating the man from the puck. But um, if there's fights today... I see there's less reaction on the bench, you know, from yeah. certain players that would, that don't even understand why the fight would have happened in the first place. So, um, you know what? I, I'm beyond it. I'm, I'm a fan of hockey. Things, <laughs> I'd love it to go back the way it was, but you know what? Things change. And um, I can tell you one thing. If my, if my kid was playing in the NHL, I'd be happier watching him play in this type of game, you know, than, than back in the day yeah. where you're playing – Back to backs, and you, you know, lining up against Kyle Frederick or you know Todd Fedoric or one of these guys that would you know, you know eat your lunch. So yeah, um, you know. But hey, listen, it's it's awesome. It's just it's not even being played right now. We got to get these guys back on the ice, and we got to get fans back in the buildings. The only way you can do it is get beyond this awful coronavirus. You know what? I'm sure it's going to happen here in the next year, and. Of course, a vaccine was just announced, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, All righty, Brad. I, I as I always do, and this is a great, like, just great segment so far. I mean, I I like to backtrack things here. Like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you you grew up in Toronto, correct? Yeah, I grew up. Well, I grew up just north of Toronto. Um, I think when I when I went to, I, I filled out a an app, or not an application, but a um, questionnaire, and I and I said I was from Toronto because. I was drafted by Buffalo and nobody in Buffalo would know where my small town was. So I just said Toronto. Um, but no, I grew up in Markham and Stouffville, which is about North at 20, 30 miles Northeast of Toronto. And, um, I think in all the, all the books though, my whole career, they said I was from Toronto, which is not the truth. Okay. I like it. Well, okay. So what were you doing back home? And, and when you were a youngster, like a young Brad May, like were you playing, you know, hockey, obviously, like were you golfing? Like I also heard, like, was there ever a time that you could find a baseball glove that fit your hand? I heard you got big mitts. <laughs> say, say that one again. Well, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I, I heard you got big mitts, and I was just curious if you were playing baseball as a kid, hockey. Um, yeah, like what sorts of things were you doing as a youngster in uh, your hometown? You know what, Drew? I, um, I, got, I, I grew up in an athletic family. I was a younger brother, so my, I, I never won a thing. Um, I got beat up every day. Um, my brother, <laughs> two years older, a better athlete, but he didn't have the. I, I'd say, and he would probably say it too, is you know I, I was forced to be you know learning how to work longer and harder and try to find you know whatever way you know, it would take to, to yeah. win. And, but no, I grew up playing baseball and um, golf was a big deal. We were members at a, a at a golf course in Stovall, Ontario, called Sleepy Hollow, and We'd go, we'd play, seriously, we played 36, 54 holes some days, you know. We'd I love it. play these games, yeah, we'd, that we, 
best French fries ever out of wooden bowls um, <laughs> at, at seven, eight, ten years old, and that's how that's how we spent our summers. And and then of course you, you only played hockey for six or seven months. I mean, it wasn't a twelve month. Yeah, it's um, changed so schedule. much now. So it's, yeah, everybody now is like, in many ways, to be good, you have to be a you know a full time one sport athlete. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's healthy for you know the long term. I mean, learning skills from all these other sports and interactions and and, and competition is is I think very very valuable. So, um, you know, I, I had a ton of fun as a kid growing up, but I wasn't the best player. Um, I think at some point in time, I just I found a way to work harder and and, and believe in myself more so than than other people and guys I played with, but. Um, I played house league hockey when I was 13, Drew. Really? So I got cut, I got cut from the double A team in Markham, and wow, um, which is where I lived at the time. And I went back. I played every Saturday morning between six, seven, or eight in the morning. That was the only ice time the house league leaguers got. Um, I think we might have had a practice one day a week or something. And you know what? It was um, you know I was at 13, and at 18 years old, I was a first round pick to the Buffalo Sabers. So any anybody that's listening out there. You know what? If you set your mind to it and you actually commit to doing whatever it takes, don't look at the don't look at the hurdles. Look look at look at the solutions. Look at the way to get around them or over them or, or through you know whatever obstacles in your way. Um, if you do that, honestly, you, it, we all can be successful. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just gonna even asked about. Obviously, you played in the OHL for a few years. You lit it up in the second year, I believe. And you know, I mean, you you went on to play a thousand games. Like like when, in the obviously in the National Hockey League, like when did hockey really become? Hey, like fuck, I can do this for a full time job. Um, you know what? I don't I don't know a specific point. I think maybe when my second year junior, um, I my first year when I when I went to I, I was a six round pick, ninth pick of the team. So in some ways, call that a ninth round pick um, to my junior team and. So there was eight eight guys ahead of me on the depth chart. Um, I don't know, it just every little win, you know. Um, every day that you, you showed up and you, you saw, you know, this incremental improvement. I don't know where the belief started or what day it would be, but um, it probably happened in Niagara Falls with my coach Bill LaForge. and um, and then starting, and I, I was playing with Keith Primo, and then of course with the NHL draft coming up the next the following summer um you know a lot, of, a lot of nhl scouts were around and all of a sudden you start seeing that oh my god this this could be a reality yeah. <laughs> you know this possibility and you know if anything I'm, I'm addicted to fun and adrenaline and every time that i had a chance to to show myself like every player obviously that makes it um there's 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 an awareness that you know and, and, and a hunger that you can't let you know the moment uh, overwhelm you that you have to take advantage and um you know I, I i was lucky to have some great people around me and teach me these skills because you know what these are all learned lessons i mean you yeah. don't grow up you're not born with with the with the ability to to recognize what's around you um that's a learned skill and um, you need good people around you absolutely well and i, I kind of want to jump right into it now in 1991 you play for team canada the world juniors First off, how special was that for you, winning the gold medal? And uh, and I heard you had a pretty good roommate, from what he tells me. Oh, you know, well, for, so 1990-91, uh, World Juniors, Saskatoon, and, and Regina. 
um, right in your neck of the woods, your backyard. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we, we played a couple games at the Agrodome or whatever in, in Regina. But our team, Team Canada, we, we spent most of the tournament in Saskatoon. Um, my roommate, Saskatchewan's own, uh, Mike Sillinger, one of the greatest guys <laughs> I've ever, ever known, played with. Um, he's a hell of a golfer um, as well. But Silly was so, so much fun. Um, the two of us, we had, we had a great time playing and, and winning the gold medal, but um, they're lifelong friends for sure. And uh, you guys are blessed to get to see him all, you know, a lot more often than I do. And uh, he's a guy that makes everybody smile. And um, he did. And he was that guy when he started, when he was playing. And um, he's such a skilled, skilled player. But um, I think he's a better human being than he was a hockey player for sure. Yeah, he's a great dude. He he definitely gets the crowd going. He's a good person and always has something funny to say for sure. But he, but the, but he, you know, when he's playing golf, though, he starts he he he, he can oh, yeah, move he, it both ways. Right? He can move, he can and he chirps ways. a lot too. He's got, so, <laughs> he's got silky hands, but but when he starts losing losing it left, um, he's got a he's got a hitch at the top of his swing. If if it, yeah, if, if I was there, I could actually help him. But um, when the pressure mounts. Silly folds. <laughs> Unless there's a press on 18 and he has a shot. It's an old god. Well, no, yeah, well, of course. So, well, he negotiates the shots before the round starts. But, yeah. Uh, if, it, if it falls on 18, then maybe you're going to get screwed. But um, I would love to be even on 18T with Mike Soldier. And chances are, um, I, prob- I probably have the honors because I would have won <laughs> 17 anyway. Yeah. I love it. Oh man. Okay, here let's move into now. 1990. You did draft in the first round at 14. First off, how yep. special was that for you and your family? Oh, it was unreal. Um, it was, the draft was in Vancouver, which is really cool. I ended up playing for the Canucks twice for about five years, and but getting drafted to the Buffalo Sabers, which was 25, 30 minutes from where I played junior hockey, um, two hours from my home. Buffalo is a big part of my life. My son was born there. Um, after the fact, but being drafted in the first round and it was was unreal. It was maybe I want to say it was the first time TSN ever um, televised the, oh, really? the NHL draft. I might be wrong on that. That's pretty cool, though. Either way, certainly they 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 televised the first round, and uh, which was really cool to be part of that stage. But um, yeah, it it was unreal, and there was a trade made. So the Winnipeg Jets traded Dale Howarchuk the late Dale Howard Chuck, one of my favorite people. Um, they traded Dale to Buffalo for Phil Housley, Scott O'Neill, and Jeff Parker, and they'd made a swap of first-round picks. So oh, wow. Buffalo moved up from, from 20th or 19th pick up to up to 14, and, and then Winnipeg moved down to Buffalo's spot. And um, Buffalo selected me, and Winnipeg selected Keith Kachuk. And the only thing I can say about that one is... <laughs> The Buffalo Sabers missed on a missed on a high school player from Boston, <laughs> but I saved the Buffalo Sabers a lot of money uh, by selecting me and not 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 big one. Oh man, that's awesome. Well, I have to ask too because I've I've had some buddies that have been drafted obviously in the NHL and whatnot. But like, if you can remember, what was one of the weirdest things or weirdest questions that a, a, a team would have asked you in a draft meeting? You know, crazy stuff, right? Like, if you're an animal, what kind of animal would you be? If you were a tree, what tree would you be? And I, and, and, wow, yeah, like, but real psych, like psyche evaluation. Some teams went really deep. 
some teams, you know, were more surface level and just talking about your performance on the ice and trying to get to know you, you know, on a really, really shallow level. But, um, no, I had to fill out some questionnaires and, you know, real deep questions talking about, you know, just competition, your first memories of, of, of winning your first memories of losing. Like, what did you do? Um, really cool stuff, actually. Um, if I don't even, I don't know where these questionnaires or questionnaires are, but we yeah. all should go through this and, and fill them out. Cause kind of get to know, you know, after, you know, of course the evaluation of it, of, you know, what kind of person you are and what you need to do to become a better person or a successful person or how do you interact with other people. And um, I think that hockey has gotten better. They're still not completely there, but um, where you got to know, um, you know, the player or the person, yeah. um, you know, from from top to bottom through and through. And I just read an article about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Kyle Dubas, their GM, said that, you know, he, he made a mistake this past week. He admitted, he says that he made a mistake because he didn't put a, uh, as much credence or, or, or value on veteran leadership. And wow. he, he admitted that this past week. And I'm telling you what, but that's, to me, that would be the first thing that you would, you would, you have to know what kind of person you're, yeah. you're selecting or, or, or trading for or bringing into your team. And you have to know what kind of personalities you have. Um, it's not all about performance because it's going to work together. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Listen, good for Kyle Dubas, to be honest. But at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, do your job though, with too. all the information <laughs> out there, um, you know, it's, it's important to know who you're, you're actually going to pick or select or draft or trade or, you know, what, what your team needs and what kind of coach coaches that guy. Because you can have you can have the greatest team of players, but you can have a jackass coach yeah, absolutely. that can absolutely fumble the ball and vice versa, right? You could have a team of misfits, not even the best players, but if you have an unbelievable coach that motivates them. Um, we I was on a team in Buffalo, Ted Nolan. Um, Ted Nolan Ted got Nolan. the most out of us. We weren't the we we were we had a great season in ninety six ninety seven. Yeah, and um, we had Dominic Hasek, of course, who's the best goaltender, right? Winning business and and the Hart Trophy at that time, but um, Teddy Nolan got the most out of us, and um, it was maybe one of my most funnest or fun years I ever had playing. Well, the reason why I asked that too, Brad, is I, I and I won't say the name or the team, but I had a buddy of mine get drafted, and they asked like some weird questions, and one of them was like, like if one of your parents were to die, who would you want to like? To like who would you want to die it's like what like, like i was like how do you how do you answer that because like we asked the same question to cam jansen he's like i don't know he he was shocked too at the same time but it was a uh, kind of a weird question for uh you know an 18 year old kid to answer that question right yeah you know what and, and and i think you're probably when i don't know i i don't necessarily like the question but to be honest with you um you gotta know you gotta look somebody in the eye and know know if they're gonna sweat when 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 they feel pressure Right. Yeah, now, that's true. These kids are 17, 18 years old being interviewed, you know. Yeah. And, and of course, you, you, you can become more mature and more confident with yourself. But um, no, I, I really appreciated the, the, the teams that went deeper and, and, and asked questions like that one. Because um, you really got to know, um, or you should know, you yeah. know, the full package, not just the athlete, you know. You know, what kind of person are you actually bringing into your family? Now, 
it's a little more corporate today, but I don't think any of the actual team ability aspect has changed. If anything, it's probably become more important because the world's a lot crazier, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of distractions out there, so. Well, so Brad, obviously we just mentioned you, 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 you did draft to Buffalo. Okay, so you played there for eight yep. years, I believe. Let's talk about your time in Buffalo. How was that? And you must have you must have some good stories of playing in Buffalo. Oh well, but first of all, being a Buffalo Saber was um, was the greatest thrill of my life. You know, for that that time, and I never thought I'd play for another team. And you know, you're, you're completely in. I was going to live in Buffalo the rest of my life. Of course. You get traded on a Wednesday night, and you're on a plane on Thursday morning up to Vancouver, and you got to become a teammate to you know 24 new guys, and you yeah, know, that was that, that was an interesting time. But being in Buffalo, I had great teammates uh, from Patty Lafontaine and Dale Howarchuk, who I've spoke of. Um, Colin Patterson won a Stanley Cup with the uh, with the Calgary Flames. Randy Hillier won a Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, these are older veteran players, yeah. Wayne Presley, Dave Hannon, Randy Moeller, all these different players that, that literally have made me a better person in, in many different ways where I've thought, thought back and, you know, on a lesson or a conversation I had with these guys. And, um, I, I just ran into you know, 10 days ago, um, Dean Kennedy, who was the captain of the, uh, Winnipeg yeah, yeah. Jets. Um, Dino was, I sat beside him before he was traded and, um, I wore Dean Kennedy's shoulder pads my whole career. I, I never really? once wore a pair of shoulder pads. Like, the, the only shoulder pads I wore for 1,041 official <laughs> games and playoffs and everything else. Um, Dean threw his shoulder pads out my first day at, at my first camp I went to. And I wow. I grew up as a younger brother. I never had new equipment, so I went to the trainer, and I was like, you have any used stuff that I could actually use, you know, <laughs> and wear? And I went into the bin, and this this unbelievable unbelievably worn down pair of shoulder pads were there and um and i put them on and i was like these these are these are them i mean i love them so i played i played every game with these shoulder pads but i ran into dean 10 days ago and um you know just so many good memories that he actually helped me you know and he cared as a veteran player he cared about me and uh, and he helped me help me grow and i wouldn't have played a thousand games plus if i didn't have leadership and guys like that to follow and emulate yeah absolutely well and i could kind of want to further that too obviously you played with guys like you know like you mentioned midgione you played with grant fear friend of the show you know dale howard chuck father to eric you know uh, he was a friend of the show eric um matthew barnaby you know how was that just, like how was playing with barney i was just gonna, I was just gonna say matthew barnaby <laughs> um he, he, he's one of my best friends i love matthew um rob ray court donnelly um so many guys, Bob Bugner, like we had a team of a bunch of, like we're, we're, we're a bunch of idiots at times. And, but you know what? We were, we were brothers and we would stand up for each other. We take beatings for each other. And, uh, but Matthew was in the thick of it. The moment he got to Buffalo, um, he was a pain in the ass. He made some nights really, really miserable for all of us. And he made, he, he made us all better players and more important to the team because he was a guy that was able to, to stir it up and, and bring emotion to a game that was emotionless yeah. <laughs> at times or a period. And, and um, no, I love Matthew. We did a lot of stupid shit on team buses <laughs> and on airplanes. I threw I threw a plate of spaghetti at him playing a card game <laughs> on the airplane one night. 
Uh, yeah, crazy stuff. We, we, we were in many fist fights with each other, like, like on the bus and, you know, where he would walk, he'd always, Matthew always had this, he'd walk by you and when you weren't looking, he'd, he'd, he'd pop you in the jaw. Like he'd kind of just give you a little, <laughs> not a hard punch, but he'd hit you hard enough. But enough to wake you up. Yeah. Start, yeah. Kind of startle you or whatever. Well, sometimes you took it and other times it was like, you, you, you just lost your marbles. And I'll tell you what, if I fought Matthew 10 times, like legit fights, um, in the locker room or whatever, wherever we were, yeah. Rob Ray fought him 20 times. And, and, and Matthew probably has 50 extra fights under his belt because he was a teammate of the guys he fought. And, yeah. Um, but you know what? He made me a better player. And I had more fun when I was with him. Um, and a lot of, a lot of good teams, a lot of good memories. And, um, he's a hell of a guy and he's doing well. He's got a, he's got a great podcast going right now too. Absolutely. Well, he has. He had two questions for you, but I'll, I'll ask the one now because we're on the topic, and we'll ask the one later. But he goes, five guys walked into a bar in Chicago. How could that possibly end?" <laughs> five guys. What's that? What? Five guys walked into a bar in Chicago. How could that possibly end? Um, four guys laughing, laughing their asses off on Michigan Avenue at about three thirty in the morning. <laughs> And the other guy shitting his pants and walking into one of the nicest hotels in the country, um, naked, with poop on his on the back of his legs. <laughs> That's how the night ended. <laughs> and, and it was. There's no question. Um, if I don't know, hopefully nobody's been roofied, but I'm pretty certain somebody roofied Matthew Barnaby. <laughs> oh my he, um, God, that is awesome. He he lost all his function and. Uh, we were scared for him, but it was the funniest thing I think I've ever seen. If if we had cell phones back then, um, you know, certainly the way we live today yeah. and all these different things, like this would this would have been a viral moment for sure. Um, <laughs> but thank goodness we didn't live in those those times then, and uh, now we only have our own memories of it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I have to ask now about Rick Genero. I did not see his name correctly. The iconic goal. Yes. Brad May, Mayday, Mayday, Mayday! Like what? What a goal! First off, you—I mean, I mean, you undress a Hall of Famer in Ray Bork. Um, let walk us through that goal, that moment. What's going through your mind? And obviously now, thirty some years later, twenty years, twenty years later. Yeah, so I got to work with Rick after uh, I, I, I did some work with the Sabers and their broadcast on TV since you know about probably four or five years ago, and. Um, Rick Jenneret's unreal. Um, one of the best best announcers. He's in the Hall of Fame. Um, he gave me a nickname for my life um, ever since that day in 1993. I want to say it was April 24th. Um, my yeah. nickname has been May Day ever since. And um, there's no question, if you're a hockey fan, you've seen this. You've seen the goal. You've probably heard the call, of course. Probably heard the call more so than you remember what the goal was, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, together, together, his his image that he was able to, to you know, um, illustrate, you know, on on the air, um, and, and me scoring in overtime to beat the Bruins was uh, one of the greatest moments of my life, no question about it. And and I owe a large portion of that to Rick Jenneret because um, people still want to see it. People love the call, and uh, yeah, you know what? I, when he got inducted into the, into the Hall of Fame which is such an honor. Um, I'll never be in the Hall of Fame like that, but 
he got inducted in the Hall of Fame, and they played that call, which was the image of that goal. So um, I feel like I'm there. I'm certainly with him. I, I admire him. We all love Rick Jenner. Well, and there's like the three goals that I remember. Obviously, that like I said, I'm 25, so I would have, you know, remember watching these later on. But the one I know for sure was obviously like the the La Fontaine, la 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 la, and then the Mayday. And then when I was, you know, probably eight or nine, it was the Maxima Fanaganov, like the when he scored just a big goal too, and like he was unreal at his job. So yeah, you're definitely not wrong on saying a Hall of Famer, and obviously he is. So yeah, no, he's, he, you know what, he's a staple in Buffalo, and uh, probably I, I don't know, for most hockey fans, I know the the, the world's a little different. You know, you, you basically you get to listen to the to the feed that you want to today. But back in the day, you know, there's a lot of people sitting at home or in their car, and radio was huge. And Rick Jenneret's voice yeah. could actually, like, he, he could get you out of your seat when you weren't even watching the game. He was just listening. Um, we love him and thankful for being in the same organization with him for sure. So, and I, correct me if I'm wrong now, Brad, I believe, because obviously I, I'm assuming, actually, I'm pretty positive you played, obviously, in Vancouver twice for two, two terms, and then he played in Toronto. Um, you know, obviously playing so close to where you're from. How special was that for you? And just even your buddies coming to watch, your family. Uh, I'm sure you had a lot of family and friends in attendance at, at, at those games. Yeah, you know what? It, it's it's a long time ago now, but there's no doubt it was so cool and really, um, really special having um, friends and family come and see you play. And um, the hard part was. I'm 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 a little bit cheap, so um, you know a lot of times <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of your buddies are in university and they want to come see you play, but the only way they can get tickets, they think you get free tickets. Um, none of us got free tickets; <laughs> we all had to pay for our tickets. Really? And um, oh, you know, wow. oh yeah, for sure. You got two tickets for your mom or dad or your wife or you know whatever, but every other ticket you huh. have to buy. And, okay. And, um, um, yeah. So same thing. That's with a jerseys. joke. Like when people are like, hey. <laughs> Like, hey, can I get a jersey from you? But you know what? Like, we don't. We weren't given jerseys. Like, if if I was to give a jersey to somebody, I went went out and bought the jersey, and then oh. gave it to somebody. So, um, but that's back in the day. I don't know what it's like today, but um, it was awesome playing back in Toronto at the end of my career was was amazing to put the Toronto Maple Leafs jersey on the team I grew up watching, and of course, growing up just in the Toronto area was extra special, but. Everywhere I played, I played for eight teams. Vancouver twice. I loved. I loved each and every place for you know, you know a little bit differently for the for the guys I played with, but the environment. Um, best city. Best city that I played in was Vancouver. Prettiest city in North America. Wow. Hands down. Okay. I know you, yeah, I know you guys are. You know, <laughs> like you go east or you go west. Vancouver's the prettiest city in North America. Love it. Um, enjoyed it immensely. Had great teammates. Denver, Colorado was was awesome it was right on the you know foothills of the rocky mountains and of course just a pretty place and um, great hockey culture there anaheim california which is where i'm hanging out right now uh, down in laguna beach um, was the best place i ever played because the weather is perfect every day of the year pretty much scottsdale arizona where silly and i um, i never played with silly but he ended up playing down there right after i left yeah Phoenix was an unreal place to play. We love golfing. Like, <laughs> uh, the environment, the winter in Scottsdale is maybe the best in the country. Nice. And then, you know what? Then I went, I started in Buffalo, 
it's a it's a hardworking steel you know steel town blue collar you know personality unbelievable fan base um, two up two hours from my hometown loved Buffalo Toronto was iconic because it was the Toronto Maple Leafs and you know kind of my career was ending and then I got to get one more year out of it and I played with uh, um, the Detroit Red Wings yeah. and I got to play with Lidstr- Nick Lidstrom uh, Pavel Datsuk Henrik Zetterberg. Chris Draper, Thomas Holmstrom, all these guys that, you know, were so good for so long. And, um, and then I got to play with my buddy Todd Bertuzzi again. And it, it was a great way for me to end my career in Detroit with the best player I think that's ever played the game. And excluding, I have to say, excluding four guys, Gordie Howe, Bobby Orr, Wayne Gretzky, and Marilyn Mew, because they're already enshrined, yeah. you know, like in, in, in hockey lore. I think Pavel Datsuk's the best player. Maybe better oh. than every one of those guys, too, by the way. But I think he's so the best good. player it's ever played. Oh, that guy was unbelievable. Like, the, the things he did on the ice, and, oh, I was, yeah, I, I mean, obviously I, I had to watch enough of him like, when he was getting older, but even you watch clips of him back then, like, just dominating the game. It was unbelievable. Oh, my God, bud. And then, you know what, like, just the stuff he would do, like on the ice in practice, you couldn't get the puck away. You couldn't get the puck from him. Um, it, it was just so good. It was like, if he, if he was selfish, if he was a selfish player and just wanted to score goals, I mean, he would have scored goals like yeah. the best. <laughs> but he was the—he he literally was the best defensive hockey player that's ever played. Um, he'd steal pucks, and I think that if he played against Wayne or Mario or Bobby Orr. Or Gordy Howe, they wouldn't have had the puck either, because Paul yeah. Datsuk's defense was is, is the best. Now, obviously, these guys are going to get their points, but I think Pavel Datsuk, man on man, is the best player that's ever played. Yeah, and I would think the next guy close to him nowadays would be Patrice Bergeron. Well, it would be Bergeron or Crosby, right? Yeah, or Crosby. Crosby's. I think Sidney Crosby's like a like a complete package, but yeah, Patrice Bergeron. Unbelievable player. I mean, how yeah. valuable is this guy? Hey, I have to ask though. Then, so, what are your thoughts on a guy like Pavel Bure? But I think he's one of the top ten players of all time. Well, you know what? Certainly, um, it's crazy. So you start you start looking at all these players. Yeah, right? you start so hard. Well, yeah, to, to, to compare errors and stuff. Yet, you just think of all these names. I'm just gonna throw throw your way. Peter Forsberg, Jerome McGinley. Yeah. Joe Sackett, Steve Eiserman, right? You got Datsuk and Zetterberg. You've got Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin. You got Yarmar Yager. Um, and those those are only a, a select a decade and a half of players. Yeah. You go back to you know, you know all these other guys, but uh, Pavel Bure is maybe a little different of a player, but um, his speed. And, and his ability to actually handle the puck and dominate at the highest of speeds, he'd be, he'd, be, he'd be in the same category as Connor McDavid is today. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Like, a, like an absolute, like, uh, he's got two more gears than every other player on the ice. And Pavel, Pavel Bure had that. Yeah. I, yeah, think, I, I, think, I think McDavid's a better player, but, uh, but Pavel Bure is, I mean, he was that fast and that electric. And you know what? People would actually spend a hundred or two or three hundred dollars for a ticket just to watch him play. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, that's uh, you know, another, there's a lot of players that you player, played. Sorry, one. Another player that was just like that too. I mean, you, to stop at just those ten guys I just mentioned, but like Paul Korea and Tamu Solani, you know, yeah. these guys. But Korea was a guy that, you know, I, I kind of struggled. I was like, should he be in the Hall of Fame? But then when you actually go back and you think about when you're watching him play, he did things that nobody else did. And he played and the hard era too. To watch him play. And he played in the hard area. Or a hard era, yeah, absolutely. Wow. I love I love talking. I love being <laughs> in the States, though. Because I don't think anyone's wrong. You know, it, it, we have our favorites, but um, incredibly difficult to compare eras for sure, though. Absolutely. Okay, Brad, I do want to talk about the Anaheim Ducks late in your career. You, I mean, you win the hardest trophy in sports, hands down. There's no way fans or butts. Anyone can argue that. They can uh, just not listen to the podcast, I guess. You win the Stanley Cup with Anaheim Ducks. First off, how's the feeling? I mean, you grinded, what, 16 years. You get it done. How special was that for you? You know what? It was a um, dream come true. Um, my kids were there with me, um, 11 years old, 8 years old at the time. My wife, my parents, everybody was in the building. Of course, all my teammates and their families, most of them were there. Um, our team was so good, right? I mean, you just we had, we, had, we had two of the best defensemen of that era. You had Scott Niedermeyer and Chris Pronger. You have two of the best young players in the game at the time. And I could go on. You had Dustin Penner and yeah. Chris Kunitz as well, but um, Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlaff. Who, who, who were going to emerge. We all know what they've done. And oh, yeah. Gold medals and everything else. Um, you know what's crazy? They only won one Stanley Cup so far. Yeah. That was that year. But, um, nuts. So you can't take these moments for granted. But, yeah, we had Tamu Solani. Uh, then we had, like, a, just a team of, of gritty veteran players that, that like, just weren't, weren't, weren't going to be denied. You had Todd Marchant and Sean O'Donnell and Travis Mullen and, uh, Rob Niedermeyer, myself, George Perrault, Sean Fort went on to win another cup with the Bruins. Chris Kunitz went on to win three more with Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, our team was loaded with players. And then we had our goaltender, um, J.S. Ugarin, Ilya's Brizgalov. Jiggy was awesome. Um, Briz, but I'll tell you what, if, if Briz doesn't play great the first three games against the uh, Minnesota Wild in round one, we may not get by the Minnesota Wild. Like, yeah, that's true. Touch, touch and go, man. You never know. Um, Goaltending is so important. But it was um, probably the greatest moment of my life outside of having my kids, um, really. And and getting a hole-in-one in Ireland at the <laughs> European Club. That was pretty cool. All righty, Brad. Let's talk about this uh, hole-in-one in Ireland. Yeah, it was like, you know what? I, went on a, I go on a golf trip every year with the guys from Spit and Checklets. Um, I say to the guys, Brian Whitney and... Mike Commodore and Sean Horkoff, Dan Cleary, and to, to name a few. And we're, in, we're in Ireland. There were 16 of us. Um, in my group, I was with um, Ryan Whitney, Sean Horkoff, and Ron Sanko, who uh, runs Warrior Hockey. And um, we're at the seventh hole at the European Club, and I chugged one. I chugged one. It was 137 yards. So it was a short little hole up the hill, two-tiered green. Hit it just past the hole and sucked it back on the top shelf, and I actually we got to watch it roll right in the hole. And that was on the last oh, day of our Ireland trip of copious amounts of liquor, you know, consumed. <laughs> and um, the best part for me it was, of course, the hole in one was great. But of course, when you're going to get a hole in one, you got to buy drinks for everybody. 
But <laughs> because it was the last day of our trip, we already had our, our motor coach that we were driving already completely loaded up with booze, and we had already paid for dinner in Dublin. So it didn't cost me a cent, and that's what I'm most <laughs> thankful for. That I was on a trip with 16 guys. I didn't have to pay, but it was under Suck on that, eh? <laughs> it was, it, so the, the whole after, um, Whit and I were partners. We were playing in the, the trip championship together, partners. I have honors, obviously. You get a hole in one, you're up to the tee first on the, on the eighth hole. I want to say it's like a dog leg right or something like that. And and I proceed, I'm a lefty, and I proceed to hit the ball about 400 yards left of the, of the fairway. Like, it, it, I hit it so far, you know, you wrap the ball in a pound of bacon and a, and a pack of wolves wouldn't have found it, right? Yeah. So, it, it was such a bad shot. And, um, and then as soon as I hit it, Ryan Whitney says to me, he goes, Mayday, come on, seriously, what did you do with your hole-in-one ball? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, what did you do with your ball? And I'm like... Oh my God! I, did. I didn't even think about it. I had, I teed that ball up and oh, lost no. the next shot. <laughs> so I don't have a ball. The ball I if I if I had a dream, be a fake ball. But um, yeah, I, I was so jacked up, and I think I drank a, a fifth of whiskey right after we, we jugged it. And, you know, I had a time for sure. Well, that leads right into my next question here. I, I gotta ask. I mean, you know, I, I'm on episode. This will be 49 next week when it drops. Um, you know what? Like I was, I'm, I'm still a huge, huge Chicklets fan. Listen to every episode. Don't miss one. I, I wouldn't say he inspired me to do it, but Ryan Whitney, what's that guy like? And give us some stories on that guy. Uh, right. Well, all the, you know, the, I think their whole, their whole platform there, right? I mean, it's pretty powerful. Absolutely. Um, Paul Bissonette, obviously, he, what, a, what a funny guy he is. I mean, he's oh, yeah. so relatable to everybody, and he's such a card that. Um, I think I think he does a great job wherever he is. Um, yeah, he's cutting edge. He's one of the first hockey players, or you know, to kind of get himself into Twitter and this whole new freaking world. That when it first started, not not I certainly didn't understand it. But um, but right, Wits Wits one of the funniest. He, he's sarcastic, but he's such a such a great guy. Hell of a golfer. Um, funny, funny, funny to be around, and. Um, the whole group of guys that Dan Cleary and, and Sean Horkoff put together uh, and, and have brought on numerous different trips. And our whole plan is to be part of, to go around and try to play the top hundred in the world. And um, nice. I think That's we've awesome. knocked off about 25 or 30 of them um, in the last seven or eight, 10 years or nine years. Um, I can't remember when we started 2012, maybe. And, um, and when we were, when we were playing, you know, we've been to Pinehurst and Kiowa. We've been to Pebble Beach, Bandon Dunes. We've been to Chambers Bay and the Olympic Club in San Francisco. We've been to uh, Wisconsin, Whistling Straits and Aaron Hills. We've been to Scotland. We've been to Ireland. Uh, been to Spain. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun group and um, something I look forward to every summer. But, you know, as much as the golf is great, the guys and the, and the, and the brotherhood there is, is as good. Absolutely, yeah. Just, all the time when I hear, like, you know, every time Wits, you know, talking about his golf game, he's at two and starts ripping off his, like, his golf chat and he's with Mayday and he's with all these boys. I'm like, God, I'd love to just get one hole in. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a plus one cap and I wasn't asked what your, what your handicap is. 
Oh, you're you're plus one, Drew. Yeah, I play a ton, man. I play you know Saskatchewan events around here, and you know still haven't made nationals yet. I get miss it by one every year, but yeah, I play a lot of golf, and yeah, it's uh, I love it. Okay, so so truth be told, I I actually I can hit the golf ball pretty good, but I'm a horseshit scorer. <laughs> I I literally I'm a, I, I'm I'm a mental midget on the golf course. I can be a great partner. But if you ever, if I had to rely upon myself to actually like win, you know, in, in metal play for sure, match play is a little different because I can I can blow up a you few holes, bomb it and, and blow it, it, yep, and, and, and still keep it together a little bit. But handicaps, my handicaps higher than I want it to be. Fair and, enough. But I, but I can't but I can't get it down because I'm I'm literally I I have these brain cramps. Um, <laughs> but I hit the ball pretty good. I can work it both ways. I hit the shot that's required, you know, at times. But I'm, I'm, I, I talk a lot of shit on the golf course. Um, <laughs> I'm love not it. as good as I, I'm not as good as I think I am, but I think I'm great. <laughs> what? If, 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 if you play with a guy like me, I don't know who that is, but um, I'm, I'm a fun guy to play with. I could definitely play. I can play with anybody, but I, I think I'm better than what I am because I, I just do stupid shit. Like I, I'll, I'll give you an example. We're in, we're in Denver. We're playing. Uh, I'm playing with John Michael Wiles, Bob Bugner, and Joe friend Sack. of the show, sick. And, and and we're on the 18th hole of a course called Bear Creek. And Bear Creek is a men's club in Denver. And 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 Joe was a was a member there, maybe still is. And um, I've been hitting a cut all day. I'm two over par. Been hitting a cut all day. And there's on 18th is a par five. With this gorge, this big valley, you're hitting over that that's going from right to left. I'm a lefty, so it sets up perfect for my cut. You know what I mean? Coming oh yeah, down, natural you know, slice. No, I'm kidding. Whatever. Yeah. Like basically, aim on the tee it up on the left side of the deck, aim on the right side of the fairway, and just swing as hard as you can. And you're never going to lose the ball, right? Yeah. And I'm like on the I'm there. I'm like you know, what, boys. I can hit the shots. I'm a shot maker. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a little draw here. I'm gonna aim over top of the gorge. I'm gonna whatever. I, I try to do something. Anyways, I proceed to blast it further left. Oh no! And um, I think I made an eight. Of course, now that 74 is now a 77, <laughs> and um, I lose the money. But I but I was I had no reason to do it. That's kind of what I like to do because when you got change to it up, tell your buddies. When you tell your buddies what shot you're going to hit and you hit it, you live it, it a beauty. It, 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 it's worth it. Oh yeah, you're a beauty. And then if you don't, it's you're like, oh, I didn't try and do that that time. But <laughs> but I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot when it comes to the, like the actual strategy of golf. I just want to. I just want to hit. I want to hit my driver every time. I want to hit three woods from 240, 250 out every single time. I don't care what's in front of me. And uh, <laughs> so often I end up in the shit. Well, you got to come down and play in the member guest in Regina here at the Roller Edge. You know, Mike Cylinder plays, Huey plays, uh, all the... All uh, the you know what? I, hey, listen, you find one of your buddies or yourself. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely fly in and play. But I, I heard I've never played I've never played a golf course with, with oil and sand greens. <laughs> oil like, and sand greens? Do you, you, guys, you, guys, you guys actually have, like, like grass good golf courses there? <laughs> Oh yeah, this our course at Royal Regina here, unbelievable actually. I, I would say eleven five on the stamps, yeah, usually around July August. 
<laughs> I'm kidding, by the way. You know that. I know. You know that. It's, the only, it's the only thing I can say to the, to the guys from, from, from Sask, and um, it, it always gets a chuckle. But, well, it's uh, funny you mention that because I, I play in the Raymore Rockets senior uh, senior hockey team I played on for a couple of years in a golf tournament, and they're like, hey, come out and play. Like, we should, we'll, we'll win this thing for sure. Well, I did out there, and I'm like, all right, it's a part three challenge. How hard could this be? Like, I just had to hit a few irons and, you know, make a few birdies. Well, I did out there, and the oil greens were playing Pine and Chai, Saskatchewan. I'm like, I, fin- I think our team finished eighth out of tenth. It was unbelievable. I'm, I'm not, and never playing again. This is awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, you know, you know what's great, though? That's still golf. You're still out. out that golf. is true. You're out and play, right? So, um, I'm not, I, I, I used to be, and, I, and, and going around traveling all these courses, I'm, and you know, it's very spoiled, but. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm a golf stop, right? Because I played, I played some amazing places in the best condition possible, whatever, greens rolling at 12, whatever, 13, and, you know. But then you go over to Europe, and you and you play, oh, uh, I you wish. play Old Head, or you play Valley Bunyan, or you play um, the old course. Royal, oh. Royal Court Rush, and the greens are rolling at nine and a half. Really? You know, you, you literally, you literally like, because they can't cut the grass down certain times because of weather, you know, they, they'd lose the greens. And it's not necessarily about the condition of the golf course, but it's it's just the way you have to play it, right? And I've and I've changed my, I know I'm not I'm not a I'm not a snob anymore. If you want to, I can say that. <laughs> no, no, you're good. <laughs> the, 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 no, but the conditions aren't aren't the most important. And I think over here, all we care about is is like pristine greens and fairways that are cut so tight. You know what? Just just go out and play. Just go play. Yeah, I would totally agree. Well, I, I love good greens. I love good greens, though, Drew. Good, good greens. I, I, I can get, I can get the flat stick working. I, I actually have a biomech putter. I don't know if you know what that is. No, I don't. It's funny. You got to, you got, you got to look it up. Biomech. Okay. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable putter. Wow. Well, I'll definitely check that out because I'm using Odyssey uh, Stroke Lab right now. It's, um, it's the Tuttle. It looks like the most ugly hey, putter ever. You'll, you'll see the biomech. It's literally. I, I don't even know if it's in Canada, but it's um, it's a sick putter. It's it's got when you see it, you'll be like, I, it's the it's the most screwed up golf club that you've ever seen. <laughs> Swear to God, but it, it's so good. I'll check it out for sure. Um, hey, Brett, I had to ask. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Are do you own or part owner or have some money in the Coppinwood Golf Course? Yeah, so Coppinwood's in the top 20 or top 22 or something in Canada. As Whitney and says, how are I, you? My dad and I, um, my first signing bonus, I got um, I got a $25,000 signing bonus, three different installments, but the first one was twenty five grand when I was 18 years old. Wow. And, and my dad and I, but I bought a, I bought a, a farm that was on a power of sale, um, went into receivership with the bank, and I bought this farm, and then we ended up buying up about seven or eight more parcels. And um, we actually went, we designed Coppinwood, my dad and I, with some architects, Bob Cup, the late nice. Bob Cup from Atlanta. And um, we designed it. But anyways, we ended up selling the land with the plans um, okay. in 2005, I believe, to the guys that, that, that ended up purchasing it. And they actually, they started, they, they built Coppinwood, but they brought in Tom Fazio and tweaked the design a little bit. Okay. But, um my, my dad lives on the third tee, and I have a I have a home on the tenth green. Um, there's there's one other home that's on the golf course, but um, we're the only the, you know two of the three homes that are on the golf course or home sites that are on the golf course are my dad and I. 
Dude, that's and awesome. Coppinwood's a great name because it's right. It's near um, a, a little village where I grew up, actually called Goodwood. And then there's a place in Goodwood called Coppin's Corners, so it's called Coppinwood. Nice. That's but, pretty um, sweet. But when we when we owned it, or owned the land, and we were going through all the stuff, um, it was going to be called Tyler Ridge. And my son was born in 1996, and it was going to be named after him. It was going to be called Tyler Ridge. Nice. That's pretty sweet. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And going through that whole, I never went to university, right? I stepped out of junior hockey in the NHL. And, um, but going through all this stuff with, like, the OMB, like, the, the approvals process and the environmental, you know, uh, agency and EPA, all that stuff, um, was a real cool experience for me to, to understand real estate and developing and golf and yeah it was um, it was amazing unreal okay brad two more quick questions here and then we're gonna go into our segment now where people have wrote in uh, some questions for you and there's quite a bit so we'll try and get this thing going here uh yeah. not sure how much time you have but um you know I'll, i wanted to ask because obviously you're so intelligent of the game of hockey and golf and that you've been playing so much lately like where like, what are you doing now are, are you are you, do, are you involved in hockey uh whether it be golf business what do you got going on that we can kind of help uh you know pump it out for you excuse me um got a, got a few things uh, played a lot of golf um would love you to help me work on my mind <laughs> my head um no, so golf, um, hockey, I'm following it. I, I was doing TV. Um, I, was a, I was an analyst for the Vegas Gold Knights for a few years, and this past season I took a step aside, and um, I'm selling disinfectant. So um, I have a company with a few, few buddies called Surface Shield, and um, our disinfectant is completely green, hospital-grade, um, the best on the market. I mean, when you get to the to that level, that there's a number of companies that have good stuff, but Ours is water-based, no chemicals. It's um, literally it should be used in every school, school bus, public venue. You can you can fog it. It kills ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of all bacteria and virus. Nice. Um, the only reason why you can't say a hundred percent is because um, you know the EPA and and Health Canada in this in this respect, um, they, there's certain requirements that you can't make those claims. Yeah. Um, but we have we have a great product. And we just need people to buy it, and um, it's awesome. Yeah, it's listen. If if disinfectant could be sexy, this is a sexy business. <laughs> I love it. So, where can people find uh, that website and where to purchase it? Yeah, no. So it's, it's it, I believe. I, no kidding. Um, I just I just work the phones myself, but we have a website. Oh, wow. um, our web presence isn't isn't great, which, uh, I, although we have a website, um, surfaceshield.com. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, when, when you really go get down to the finer details of it, um, uh, um, for instance, stadiums are returned to play in the big, massive stadiums. Think of junior, think yeah. of the Agrodome or whatever, um, to get five, six, 20,000 people in a building or a conference center or a convention center, um, you have to have confidence that, you know, you can go in there and it's going to be a clean, you know, or, or sanitized environment. Right. Um, yeah. What we have that was, is really, really cool is one of the steps, we have two products, but one of the steps is it actually kills all virus, and, or not 99.9%, right, of viruses, yeah. they'll do mold, all that. But it actually keeps an ongoing treatment for up to 90 days. So if you wash your hands and clean the, you know, clean the, the, the surface, 
the moment somebody sneezes on that surface, it's not clean anymore. Um, okay. We can actually put down our, our stuff, and, and it not only cleans the surface, disinfects it, but actually any of those viruses or, or, or mold touch that surface for up to 90 days after the fact, it will still completely protect the surface. So it provides ongoing, which a lot of these companies, your, your chemicals can't do that. Wow, that's pretty cool, actually. So, yeah, yeah. And then, so, listen, I don't want to get into it. It feels itself, right? Anybody that needs this stuff understands it. For me to sit here and tell you all about the, the details is, yeah. for instance, uh, it, it, it bores me, and it certainly <laughs> bores you. <laughs> you no, know no, it's mean? good. But, uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, we, we, we need to you need to keep things sanitized, um, certainly in, 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 in this time, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, last one here, Brad. Uh, before we go into our segment here, what is something you could tell a young listener listening today what it takes to make it, you know, whether it be NHL hockey player, you know, golfer, uh, business, uh, just what it takes to make it and be successful in this uh, this life? I love it. Um, one of my favorite things to do. So if I wasn't a hockey player, if, like, I, all, all my buddies um, or people I know or people I don't know, um, always ends up, I, they dump their shit on me. And I, and I say that where, which is fine because maybe I, I, I have that, that personality that draws out, yeah, you know, yeah. just that confidence in somebody, right? When you're not feeling good or you're feeling great, you want to talk about it. Um, I, I elicit that. But um, what I'd say to a young, young athlete, whether you're an athlete or a young, young kid, you know, striving to be some good at something, um, the difference between you and the person that makes it or the person that doesn't make it in you, right, on the flip side of that, yeah, is who's willing to work, who's willing to put in the time, number one. Work ethic is not is not born in, like born into you. It's a learned behavior. Yeah. So you have to have a, a stronger work, work ethic than, than the next guy. But you also have to learn how to work smart, not stupid. Like just to work hard yeah. doesn't make sense. you got to be efficient when you're working. So you got to have a plan. So a, plan, a man with a plan has a chance. That's my first statement. A man with a plan has a chance. I like that um, a lot, actually. My second, my second comment to, to that, like, you got to enjoy what you do. Now, here's the thing. You don't have to enjoy the actual act of doing it. Like, I hated going to hockey practice and getting bag skated. <laughs> but what I did like is the next day when I got to the rink, I, I actually felt better. I skated better yep. because I was in better shape. And so I, I was addicted to the results, not necessarily the act of what you do, right? So listen, to be good at something, you got to fail and you got to work your ass off and you got to be a failure. You got to learn how, you know, how to, how to lose before you can win. And, um, a lot of people quit because they don't like the feeling of losing, but you know what, after you go through that, um, the success is, is after the fact. It's it's about the you know the, the adventure not or the journey right the adventure not yeah. the destination right so anyways anybody listening work your ass off have a good attitude you wake up every morning I never wake up with a bad mood I've been in many bad moods but I'll tell you one thing I have the choice every day to wake up and be happy and be excited for what what's in front of me and if you have those three ingredients I'm guarantee you I don't care what you do you'll be better than you are today. If you start doing it today, tomorrow you'll be better. And if you do that for 30 days, I'm going to ask you one question, Drew. 
What's up? How many push-ups can you do right now? Let's say you can do five, okay? Okay. I can do 20. All right. <laughs> okay, you can do, okay, so you can do 20 push-ups. Am I an idiot to say that if you, if you listen to me, that you'll, you can do 100 push-ups in three months at one time? No. No, I'm not. So the point is, every day with a plan, you literally in three months could do 100 push-ups. Correct, so yeah. So nobody, nobody's stuck where they are today. Too many people quit and, and yeah, give up. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Where they are today. It's about where do you, you want to be in three months. Because what we do today, you're not going to feel good tomorrow and you're going to quit. But if you're saying, hey, I'm going to do this on a plan in three months, your golf game, you want to get to a plus two? You know what you need to do. you got to make more putts yeah. from 15 feet. That's where I'm going to make more putts from four feet, which is only one putt around. Guess what? Then rule, rule a thousand putts from four feet. Yeah. Get better. Absolutely. More confidence. You can, you can be a plus two. You'd be a plus two by the summer if you do that. Yeah, that's uh, that's perfectly like perfectly said. To be honest, <laughs> you know, um, and I, I mean, when it comes down to it, also, we, we we all get caught in the moment, and the moment overwhelms you. And let's start. Let's let's broaden our our, our vision and look forward. You know, thirty like make a plan, fifteen day plan, a thirty day plan, a a, a six month plan. And I'll tell you what, if you do that, you'll hit every one of your goals. I guarantee it. Yeah, absolutely. All righty, Brad, let's move into our now. Our questions from the gallery sponsored by David's Indoor Golf. We all know golf is done outdoors, but that is no reason to hang them up. Keep those clubs clean and head on down to David's this winter for all your golf inquiries. Great food, atmosphere, and beers are always flowing. David's Indoor Golf in Regina, Saskatchewan. Already, we got about... Ten or nine or ten, they're kind of rapid questions here. Some might be a story, but first off, we'll go Austin Brown asked the number one life skill you learn from hockey slash team sports. I'm, I'm sorry, say that one more. I didn't, I missed that. Uh, Austin Brown asked the number one life skill you learn from hockey slash team and sports. The number one, the number one skill, yeah, did I hear that right? Yeah, life skill, yeah. A life skill, you know what? Um, how to team ability, how to be a teammate, how to how to actually put yourself second and, and, and be a teammate. That's if you're part of a team, team sports. It's the greatest. It's the greatest thing to do, and it translates into everything. It translates into family. Translates into business. Whatever you want to do. If you're a good teammate, you're going to be better every single day. Absolutely. Chris Dingman writes in. I'm sure you know Chris Dingman. Uh, friend, friend of the show, he goes. He mentions Don Meanhan's fiftieth birthday. Yes. Care to elaborate? Donnie Mean <laughs> Donnie Meehan's fiftieth birthday. Um, again, I'm so for, I'm so lucky, um, fortunate. Donnie invited a bunch of us. Chris was one of them. We all went over to Scotland and Ireland, playing golf for a week. We stayed at the Saint, um, the Old Course Hotel for three nights. Played Carnoustie, Saint, um, Kings Barns, and St. Oh. Then, then we went to then we went to Ireland and we played Old Head Valley Bunyan and Tree uh, Lee, and we stayed right in Killarney, Killarney, um, Ireland. It was unreal. What an absolutely! It was the first golf trip that I ever went on, like to, of any substance. And I and I went there with seventy five or eighty other hockey players, agents, coaches. There was one hundred and ten of us. We flew on a private plane. Wow! It was. Um, <laughs> It was, it, was, it was the greatest golf trip ever. It really was. And that was our agent, Donnie Mann. And it was his 50th birthday. And um, 
we're all so thankful for that. So a buddy of mine that lives in Alabama, Tori asked a few questions. Well, this is more so one question here. How, quote-unquote, how about your wife playing, quote-unquote, the song before you fought Bugard? Yeah. Yeah, I would have. Like, well, I can't call my wife a bitch. That's, that wouldn't be nice. Um, but, but on this Saturday afternoon, she was, um, she was quite the, the beyond. She and quick, quick story. I, and I fought Derek, and God bless Derek Bugard. Obviously, yes. he's not with us today. I know he's he's local from where you are. Yeah, Regina Somewhere boy. around where you are. Um, I never met Derek. I fought him. Um, a few times, I, had, yeah. I knew I was gonna. I knew I was fighting him on a Sunday afternoon. And I, my wife was like, you're, you're basically, you're an asshole. You know, you're not treating us very nicely. I said, listen, if I, if I wake up on Monday morning after fighting this guy tomorrow, we can have this chat, but you know, basically take the kids out of the house and just leave me alone. And she walked out, she came back in the kitchen with her laptop and playing the song from you too, Sunday, bloody Sunday. And she's like, have a good afternoon. And she left the house. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a good visual for me. No one knew he was going to go in there and maybe get slaughtered by by the boogeyman. But uh, you know what? Derek Bugard was a was a champ. Was um, oh, was yeah. a great teammate from Tough. from everybody I've heard. Um, they, everybody loved playing with him. But I I heard his teammate the year prior when we were trying to win the Stanley Cup and we ended up winning. And uh, listen, when you did do things on the ice, you gotta you gotta be accountable. I just happened to do it against the Minnesota Wild with the toughest player in the league at that time. <laughs> oh, man. And, and, and everything worked out fine. Everything worked out fine. <laughs> but I, I do want to – I don't want to be an asshole and, and and make fun of that. Derek Bugard's not with no. us today. And I just – I wish he was around that we could actually have this, this conversation. Absolutely. And, and, and talk about it because um, it's something I, I, I miss. And I'm sure everybody that knows him out there – um, this is a Absolutely. Alrighty, did you or would you ever fight Joey Koser? Would I fight? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the name. Uh, did you or would you ever fight Joey Koser? Um, did I fight Joey Koser? No is the answer. Uh, the only reason why I didn't fight Joey Koser is because he was looking for quarters in the corner <laughs> when I was in Detroit one night. I asked him to fight a dozen times, and literally, he wouldn't—he wouldn't even look me in the eye. And I was like, "This guy's the toughest guy in the league, and he's not—he's he, afraid of me." And, and wow! And if you—and if you believe that, um, <laughs> then, I, then I'm a complete. Listen, I was scared shitless of Joey Kosher. Joey, 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 Joey came into the corner in Buffalo one night, and I was literally—I—I—I. I, I, Almost, almost shit my pants. He, um, no, he, he, he was, he was feared. Joey Kosher's the best. Um, I, I honestly think Bob Probert's the best, right? I mean, we all, yeah. He's, he's been, he's been bestowed the, the heavyweight champion of, of, of all time. Um, I do believe that Joey or Proby fought more guys and had to fight more, more guys because nobody wanted to fight Joey. It was a race to fight Bob Probert because it was like. I'm going to lose the Proby, but I might get hurt if I fight Joey. Yeah. Um, Joey, Joey, Joey was, and, and is, he's a legend in the game. I got to know him when I was in Detroit too, but a couple Stanley cups, obviously after retiring and going back to play hockey, um, winning a couple cups with Detroit. This guy's a good guy. Like he's a, he's a legend. He's a legend. And, um, 
there's hit, there was Joey Kosher, Tony Twist, of course you had Probert, and and then every other guy that came and went. But those guys were staples every day. Like everybody was yeah. crazy like that. And thank God I never did. <laughs> well, I have to ask now. You just mentioned uh, shit and pants. Uh, what's the Ryan Whitney and shit in his pants story? What's the, what's the what? The Ryan Whitney and with uh, playing with shit in his pants. Is there a story of that one? I don't know this one. Um, base, did you not chirp him? It's it's hard to play hockey with shit in his pants. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. No, yes. all good. Forgive me. <laughs> I I I can hear somebody hitting golf balls behind you. Oh, they're smashing eggs I, back I, here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes when I haven't heard you, that's why at the same time like that. Uh, no, so. We were on the ice in Toronto. I had just been traded from the Anaheim Ducks. Ryan Whitney's with the he's he's still with Pittsburgh at the time. He he's going to get traded to, um, or was it? Yeah, no. Or, or had he just been traded? I'm trying to think now. To Anaheim. Oh, and, no, he was with Pittsburgh. And I said to Wit, I go, I went up to him after a whistle. I'm like, hey, buddy, you know what? Hard to play the game of hockey with shit in your pants. <laughs> Because he, you know, he's, he's not a tough guy, and I just thought I was going to be funny and make him laugh or whatever. Basically, like get the get get out of my way kind of thing. And then he he literally shot back right away. He's like, "Hey, I can't hear you. You've got Brian Burks in your mouth, whatever." And I was like, what the "Fuck, you talking about?" Well, Burke's my he's the best guy I've, I've ever had in hockey. Right, he's my favorite GM. Yeah, just biggest ally in hockey. I played for Burke four different times. But basically, I'm, I thought I was the wittiest guy on the ice, pardon the pun, Ryan Whitney. And he came back, and what he said to me made me la- stopped me, made me laugh, and we both looked at each other. We didn't know each other. And then he got traded to Anaheim, and we ended up, he ended up meeting my son a couple weeks later, or whatever it was, because he was out in California. But that's where our relationship started, was that, was that night on the ice. It was pretty funny. Unreal. All right, here's the next question from Matthew Barnaby. Have you ever missed a flight? Yes, I missed a flight, yes. Uh, slept in with Bob Corkum, um, my roommate in New York City. Uh, we had a 7 o'clock bus. Phone rang at 9.30. The guys that were actually on the airplane flying from the airplane, like flying out west. We were going from New York City to San Francisco to play against the San Jose Sharks. If you're going to miss a flight, Missed the hour flight, not the, the, the coast-to-coast flight. Um, Bob and I, we we made a mistake in New York City. Uh, we paid for it, and uh, <laughs> but we, John Muckler was our coach, and he was amazing. Um, he, he he didn't take care of us. He made it hard on us for a while, but he didn't send us to the minors and, and make an example of us that way. And um, I'm thankful for that, but. That might be the most fearful I've ever been as an NHL player was the ride to the airport. So the, here's the thing, though. I get in the get in the cab. I said to the, to the taxi driver in the yellow cab, I'm like, take us to the airport. We got a flight. We got a flight to catch. In a panic. And the guy looked at me and goes, which one? I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, I guess there's three airports in New York. There's LaGuardia, JFK, and Newark, New Jersey. And I'm from, like, I'm a, I'm a small town kid. I didn't know this. So I'm like, what are you talking about? And I, I don't know the name LaGuardia. I don't, like, why would you go to New Jersey to fly out of New York, which would have been the smart move. Um, I'm like, JFK used to be president. Let's go to the JFK. And we got out to the JFK, to JFK, 
And of course, our tickets weren't there. The flight was from LaGuardia, and um, it was a big, big schmozzle. Um, <laughs> but Corky and I ended up making it, and we made the game, and everything was fine. I love it. <laughs> All right, Bravo, man. This has been so much fun today. I appreciate you coming on the show. You know, we have, you know an hour and fifteen minutes here, whatever it is, but uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Drew, I can't wait. I hey, thank you for having me. Number one, two. Um, I, shout out to the Howard Chuck family. Howard Chuck Strong, right? Um, Absolutely. Your, your good friend, your good friend Eric Howard Chuck Dale's son um, is running the running that foundation for his father. Great yep. people. Um, like literally, um, I I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have that in, influence from Dale. Um, he's a big influence on my life. Um, and I don't care if it's you or any of your buddies. Get me invited to the member guest in, in, in Regina. I'm ready to roll. I'll have my game tight. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, let, let's stay in touch, Brad, and uh, take care. You got it, buddy. Thanks a lot, Drew. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We all know here in Saski we have short summers. So what better way to keep your golf game up to par than heading down down to Divots Indoor Golf. Check them out on social media, Divots Indoor Golf. Located on Rochdale Boulevard. Play at Divots, don't make them. Episode 49 with Brad Mayday May. Uh, Mayday Hockey comes on the show, talks a lot about, you know, his playing days. Um, you know, he had so many stories. And even, I, I didn't know that he owned, or he's a part owner of Coppinwood Golf Course. Uh, it was a lot of fun with him. I, I know you missed it. Hagel missed it. It was just me and him. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, again, unfortunately, I missed uh, Brad May, but, uh, you know, listening to the podcast, great guest. Had a hell of a lot of good stories. Again, want to thank Mr. Eric Howarchuk for uh, getting the connections to Brad. Um, yeah, it was we got so many good guests. You said something right off the top of the uh, recap there with number 49. It's incredible, man. 49. That's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It's, uh, yeah. We're it, almost halfway to the century mark. It's humbling. It's uh, a lot of fun. And I, I've always. And it's funny because, Drew, sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Yep. But I know about episode 54, I'm going to guess. 53, 54, we've got a big guest coming up. I'm excited. I'm not saying nothing else about it. I wish it was number 50, but even number 50 is going to be a good guest. But 53 or 4 is going to be a Yeah, big absolutely. Guest. Well, and I, I had, you know, unfortunately I had to send my computer away, so I'm using my gal's computer. Thank you so much to her. But I had to, uh, you know, interview Eric Griba, who will be uh, next coming on. And we are very fortunate getting in, the, you know, a guy I used to look up to in Troy Bomer uh, coming this Friday on the air. Me and him, I'm not sure if you're there or not. Hagel might be there. Um, but it's going to be a full-on golf Saskatchewan uh, Troy Bomer show. Awesome. And, yeah, I'm really happy for him and how he's doing. I'm excited to see uh, what some stories he has to say. So uh, this is a lot of fun this week. Troy, rip off some sweaters and handles, please. Yeah, we got those sweaters for sale. 40 bucks a pop. Five bucks each goes to the Cancer Foundation of Saskatchewan, near and dear to my heart and many people out there. At underscore off the hosel for Twitter and Instagram, at off the hosel for Facebook. Again, really want to send a big thank you out to one of our big, big sponsors at Divots. Divots Indoor Golf at 6823 Rochdale Boulevard, 306-206-1270, www.divotsgolf.com. Come be here like Mike T on this screen and Bill Mark over this one and Pierre on this one. McGuire. Play some Divots, don't make them. 
Absolutely. Couldn't say any better. Troy just threw the card. He's so excited. I'm happy he's back. Troy, always a pleasure, man. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing you Sunday. I hope to see you Friday. You might be working uh, for the Bulmer interview, but uh, if I don't see you Friday morning for Troy's interview, I'll see you Sunday for some family interactives. Fun and frivolity for everyone. I didn't want to give it away, so peace. Troy, always a pleasure. Take care, brother. Take care. All right, guys, have a great Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Peace. Always drive Nissan. Play golf at Divots in our golf. See ya!